So today, we are starting a series on discipleship. Um, this is something that has been on our heart and in our discussions for months, and this was just the timing that the Lord kind of dropped into us. We've been planning on doing this for a while, and what's amazing is uh, Tyron Daniel was here last week. How many of you guys were here? How awesome was that last week? Man, what a, what a blessing that gift is. Um, and he talked a lot about discipleship, and I've had zero conversations with Ty about discipleship. None. Um, but the, clearly the Lord knew we were going to be starting a series on discipleship. So it's going to be, counting this week, nine or ten weeks. Um, and here's what I encourage us to do. Guys, let's make this a priority. Now, I understand there's times we can't be here. In fact, you know, the first week in October, I won't be here. Kara will be preaching that week um, because um, there's a few of us that are heading out to strengthen and encourage a group of men out in California at a men's advance. And so um, so Kara will be preaching that week. And so I won't be here, but I will listen to the sermon on the podcast when I come back. And so here's here's what I'm asking. Either be here for all those weeks so that we can be walking this out together or understandably in the instance that you can't be here, just make it a point, make it a commitment to say, I'll listen to it on the podcast so that I'm, I'm hearing all these messages and just growing in strength and faith. Um, so talking about discipleship. And just to be abundantly clear, we're talking about following Jesus. Following Jesus. There's some things that, that, that Tyron kind of, without seeing my notes or knowing you know, anything, you know, there's things that he's already kind of, you know, laid the groundwork for. But discipleship is about following Jesus. When Jesus approached his disciples, he didn't come to try and persuade them, hey, I've got an amazing opportunity for you, and I just want to sit down. Can, can we grab coffee so I can lay out this plan I have for you? Can I, can I talk to you about the benefits of, of what I'm doing? He didn't do any of that. It was very simple. Follow me. And then you know what he did? He walked away. Follow me. Follow me. For a couple of them, he said, and they were fishermen, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But for others, it was just as simple as follow me. Discipleship starts with following Jesus. It's about following Jesus and then it's about raising up other people to follow Jesus. Discipleship is about following Jesus and then about raising up other people to follow Jesus. Being a disciple, it means that we follow Jesus and we understand the call of of God upon our life to help others follow Jesus and raise up other disciples. And just to be totally clear, guys, it's on all of us. It's on all of us. These were Jesus' last words when he ascended in Matthew 28. So, so knowing that the scriptures aren't here, I'm going to be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just find the Gospels and just squeeze them there and... and I'll start off with Matthew 28, but I'll, I'll kind of be, I'll try and give you time to, to turn to those scriptures. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
to Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you to obey. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Because friends, without going to Jesus, you and I have no authority. Without going to Jesus, without without being through Jesus, we have no authority. I don't care how big, you know... Um, of a person you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much influence you have. The only authority that really makes changes, the only authority that Satan fears is the authority of Jesus Christ. And we get that in and through Jesus Christ. But we've got to go in and through Jesus Christ. Nothing's ever been accomplished by saying, in the the authority of Mark, in the name of Mark, I... Nothing. In the name of Christine, I... Zero. Plain and simple, we're going to be talking a lot in this series about following Jesus and strengthening others to follow Jesus. But I want to make something clear. All discipleship starts with following Jesus. So if you're at a place in your walk with with the Lord where you're just... You're just gaining strength and following Jesus, then you stay that course. Because see, God's going to do this cool thing where He's going to use your following as like this discipleship thing. But be intentional right now about following Jesus. And then be full of hope and understand that He includes you in His plan. And His plan and His purpose is that you make other followers of Jesus. But right now, just focus on following Jesus. If that's the place you're at in your walk, just focus on following Jesus. He's going to use your walk. He's going to use your faithfulness. He's going to use your stumbles. He's going to use your getting back up. He's going to use it all. Because that's that's God. That's what He does. He uses it all. He wastes nothing. But keep your eyes on Jesus and keep following. But purpose in your heart. If you want to be a disciple, if you truly want to be a follower of Jesus, the requirement is a willingness to strengthen others to follow Jesus. And that comes in so many shapes and forms, guys. It's so cool. Our God is so big. That comes in so many ways. But what I want for us in this series is an intentionality on on being a disciple, being a follower, and then being a disciple maker, being a, a maker of those who follow. Jesus is with us. When when we do things in His name and His authority and we come to Him, there's endless power available to us. We're not alone. And this is His plan. There's a quote I want to read. It's from a book, Master Plan of Evangelism. Um, Right now, uh, I think we have about four or five copies of the book still outside. Um, Thank you, Sherry. Sherry, during... A couple weeks ago during the preach, I mentioned that book, and she gets online on Amazon, and she buys 10 copies of the book. And as soon as service is over, she's like, I've got 10 copies. They're going to be delivered. Um, that book, uh, I will be drawing a lot. You know, we will be drawing a lot from that book because that book only draws from one source, the Bible. And that's what I love about that book. It, it draws from one source, and that's the Bible. And 
there's a quote that says, reflective man, a man who just simply is reflective. Reflective man produces new philosophies. It is only regenerate man. It is only the changed man who holds the clue to a society that is really new. If we want to be disciples, if we want to be used in making disciples, we've got to be willing to let God make changes in our lives. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own skill set. We've got to be willing to let God make changes. We've got to, to let God put certain things, like touch certain parts of us and say, this right here. I need you to give me that because that's only going to hold you back. This thing right here. I just can't use that. And until you give that to me, it, I'm just I'm going to be limited in how I can use you. I need I need you to change that. I'm asking you to change that. Will you trust me and will you give me that? That's what God does. Now God is accepting and God is loving, but please let's not be deceived and think that, that God accepts everything in our lives. That is just a, not true. He paid the price for our sin so that we would give him our sins, so that we would stop sinning, so that we would make a commitment to grow in Him. We can't continue going on doing the same things we're doing. That's spitting in the face of God. That's spitting in the face of grace. There's nothing sloppy about our agape. There's nothing weak about our grace. But friends, God wants a regenerate man. He wants a man, a woman that's willing to say, Lord, anything in my life that doesn't bring you glory, would you take it away? He embraces humility. Do we know that? God embraces humility, and it says that he kind of even he resists the proud. But the humble, there's so many blessings that come with humility. So in this series as well, guys, let's allow the Lord to highlight. Let's not be afraid of his spotlight. His spotlight's never uh, to expose us, but to expose sin and to expose things that, that aren't good for us. So that, so that we can walk in freedom. We don't ever have to fear the Lord's light. So let, let's do that. No one is exempt from needing growth. No one's exempt from needing growth, right? I don't know who the oldest person in the room is. But that oldest person in the room is not exempt from needing growth. And we're also not exempt from growing pains. Because when we grow, a lot of times there's growing pains. But the results are worth the discomfort. The results are maturity. The results are growth. The results are increase. So we're going to talk a little bit about urgency. We're going to talk uh, about objective. Actually, the, the title of today's message is discipleship, and then the, the focus is objective. Objective. We want to talk about strategy and methods and objective, and not ours, but what we saw and what we see in Jesus. Church, we cannot be flippant. We cannot be passive about the urgency of making disciples. We do not know how many days we have. We do not know when the Lord will return. We don't know how many days we had on this earth. And I promise you guys this. Jesus was not flippant about a single second. Now, he was the son of God and he was the son of man. But Jesus knew 
that he had three years of ministry. Jesus knew he had 33 years of life and three years of public ministry. Do you think Jesus took for granted any second out of those three years? Every minute, every second, every encounter, every person he prayed for, every person he didn't pray for, he was he was intentional and purpose-filled about every one of those seconds. Church, a mistake we've made as the body of Christ is we've lost our urgency. We've become flippant and thinking we have all the time in the world. We don't. We become flippant and we think someone else will tell them. They, they might not. And maybe they'll tell them, but maybe it'll be hard for them to receive. But from you, it'll be easy for them to receive because they love you and they trust you and you've walked with them. And you're the one that God wants to be a voice, a voice, not just the voice, but a voice in their lives. It was always on his mind how many days he had. Always. It was always on his mind that he had an objective. And this was his objective. To save a people for himself and to build a church of the Spirit which would never die. That was his objective. To save a people who were lost and save them unto himself and to build a spiritual kingdom, to build a, a church of the Spirit that would last forever, that would never fade away. Those were his objectives. When we're talking about discipleship, we can never lose track that Jesus was intentional. Jesus was strategic. The Father had a plan, and Jesus walked it out perfectly. And the objective was to save lost people and build an eternal spiritual church that would reign and rule and that we could be a part of. And his vision was clear and he set his sights on the day that his kingdom would come in glory. On the day that his kingdom would come in power. This world right here, this was his. He partnered in creating it. He created this world. But he didn't make this his home. Friends, we live on this earth and temporarily this is our home. But we're mistaken if we make this our home. This isn't our home. This is temporary. Our home is with Him. It says that He goes away to prepare a place for you. He goes away. He's laying the groundwork for your, for your home. We get to be with Him in eternity. There's rewards in heaven. Rewards for what? good and faithful service to our king which includes discipleship guys I'm going to be redundant just so you know I'm going to be redundant because there's some things I want us to, to keep in mind and one of them is discipleship is not the responsibility of discipleship does not rest solely on the shoulders of pastors it doesn't rest solely on the shoulders of deacons or of church leaders or of small group leaders or of any of that discipleship falls on the shoulders of of the disciple. They're inseparable. You're a disciple, you're a discipler. Well, I'm, I'm not a discipler. He ain't a disciple. Disciples make disciples. To be a follower, we raise other people up to follow. We demonstrate boldly 
our lives and our faith. Jesus' life was ordered by that objective. Jesus came so that the whole world, so that everyone might be saved. It was fully inclusive. He left out no one. He came, he lived, he died, he conquered death, he rose from the grave, and he did it for all. Not for some, for all. For all who would believe. For all who would believe. Everything Jesus did and said was part of the plan. So in this series, we're going to look at what Jesus said and did and what he demonstrated for us. Jesus never lost sight of his goal. Never. He was a curveball hitter. He was a curveball hitter. I don't care what was thrown his way, he knocked it out of the park. He saw it coming. He saw the tells. He saw the way the pitcher held the ball, and he's like, here comes a curveball. I'm a curveball hitter. Nothing surprised him. Nothing threw him off. He was prepared for everything. Sometimes it was, hey, let, let, let's, let's, uh, let's be bold here in this moment, and let's make proclamation. Other times it was, let's slip out because the timing is not right. It's not the right time. Let's slip out. Strategy. Strategy. One moment needs this. The other moment needs this. But he is Jesus and we follow him. We constantly go to the Father. Jesus was so skillful in the way that he lived and made disciples. Do we realize that? When we look at the actions of Jesus, he was so skillful. He was so thoughtful. He was so intentional. So I will say this about our our plan in making disciples. There will not be a class, there will not be a program, and there will not be a book we ask you to read. The book, if you want to read it, it's really good, but our discipleship program will be seeing how Jesus did it and doing it that way. So we care so much about discipleship that we're preaching on it for nine or ten weeks. And I say nine or ten weeks because we're planning on nine, but you know could be 11. It matters. So question, how can we have confidence in the future? How can we have confidence in the future? By living according to God's plan in the present. Discipleship is about the future, friends. We get so wrapped up in the here and the now. We get so wrapped up in our current situations. We get so wrapped up in our current circumstances. Discipleship is about a future, friends, that will outlast us. Discipleship is about making disciples that will be here proclaiming Jesus with grace and boldness and love long after everyone in this room has gone to be with Jesus. Our sight cannot be on the temporal. It's got to be on the bigger picture. And we can have confidence in the future by in in the present living according to God's plan. What does that mean? If God says go right, let's go right. If God says go left, let's go left. If God says hop on one leg, we can trust that there's purpose in us hopping on one leg. There was nothing unintentional or accidental about his life. Even before his public ministry began. Even before puberty began in the life of Jesus. Luke 2.49 says this. This is 
Jesus as an earthly boy talking to his earthly parents. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Capital F, in my Father's house. Jesus at the temple, learning, sharing, being in his Father's house. He was intentional. God's plan, the things he calculated, the God, the things that, that, that were walked out, were meant to bring a victory. And if we've given our lives to Jesus Christ, friends, we get to walk in that victory. But not everyone has trusted in Jesus. This, this can't be a club. This can't be something that we just keep to ourselves. The objective determines the significance of all of our activity. The objective determines the significance of our activity. Can we grab a hold of that objective? That objective determines how significant our activity is. Can we grab a hold of his objective that he wants not one to perish? Not one. Can we grab a hold of the objective that he wants to build a kingdom so we are supposed to be a part in building that kingdom that will last forever? If we grab a hold of the objective, then we stand a whole lot better chance of talking ourselves out of the little things that we say are insignificant. When it comes to his objective, there's not one thing that's insignificant. Kids, can you guys look at me for a second? All the the kiddos in the place. Okay, I'm talking here about objective. But but listen, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about people being healed and being saved and being set free and walking with Jesus. Okay? So objective is the word I'm using, but let's just, I'm talking about people. People. When it comes to pointing people to Jesus, there's nothing that you do that's insignificant, not one thing. A smile, God will use it. A hug, God will use it. Standing up for somebody, God will use it. The devil will lie and and say, what you're doing doesn't matter. It's not making a difference. That's a lie. There is no insignificance when when our actions are aligned with God's objective. Kiddos, can you grab a hold of that? Adults, can you grab a hold of that? We dismiss too many things as being, oh, it doesn't make a difference. Oh, it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. And you know what matters? It is is letting people know that Jesus is at the source of it. Man, that, that was awesome that you did. Thank you so much for doing that. That was so kind. How, you know, yeah, it's my pleasure. Why did you do that? I don't know, because that's what Jesus would have done, and I love Jesus. And and he put it in my heart to do it. So I'll say thank you, but it's not thank you for me, it's thank you from Jesus, because he's the one that was his idea. I just walked it out. I mean, whatever. So in regards to Impact Rock Church and discipleship at Impact Rock Church, can I just be, again, redundant? We have no different objective than Jesus. His objective is our objective, to see the lost saved and to see his kingdom built. That is our objective in discipleship. Capiche? We good? There's no different objective. 
So what is our strategy? What is our strategy? I, I know it sounds simple, but the primary strategy we have is following Jesus. That's our primary strategy. Following Jesus. We can't get so busy in doing something, in making disciples or being a disciple or growing the kingdom. We can't be so busy with things that we lose track of the primary objective, which is following Jesus. Following Jesus. Following Jesus. That's our primary tactic, and it is mighty, and it works, and it's strategic, and we can never lose track of it. Without the continued following of Jesus, guys, we will absolutely stink at making other disciples. Without the work of following Jesus, we will stink at making disciples. Because we'll be telling people, don't do, you know, do as I say, but don't do as I do. The words are good. The actions aren't there. And, and that doesn't make us authentic. That doesn't make us genuine. So strengthening other people who want to follow Jesus. And I'm talking about strategy. So I, I want you guys to hear me now. And I want you to hear my heart. And by all means, if I don't communicate this well, which there's times I don't, if I don't communicate it well, come talk to me later. But I need you to hear my heart. When I talk about making disciples, this is not some huge, massive world evangelism net that we're casting out there. We're talking about strengthening other men and women who want to follow Jesus. Evangelism, I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus. But it doesn't matter what they believe. I'm going to let my life demonstrate Jesus. That's evangelism. Discipleship, we're talking about strengthening people who want to follow Jesus. If if Rob had no interest in, in following Jesus at this moment, I'm going to love him. I'm going to be in relationship with him. I'm going to do life with him. I'm just, I can't disciple him. I can't disciple him. I can only disciple somebody who wants to follow Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm not talking about evangelism. I know this book is called The Master Plan of Evangelism, which is talking about discipleship, but I'm talking about making disciples. I can only make disciples of people who want to follow Jesus. I'm not talking about making converts. I'm talking about making disciples. Right? If you're a Christian but you're not ready to, to make other disciples, then work on just following him and let him do this thing where he just grows you in some ways. Might be some growing pains. Growth there usually is. But at some point you're going to be like, hey, can we circle back on this theme of, of, of making disciples? Because I, I, I think I unintentionally did that this week. Awesome. Let's circle back on that. Men were his method. Men were his method. People were his method. People were his method of establishing his church here on the earth. 
I want you guys to think about something real quick. Let's just kind of flesh this out. And I'm going to give an example of how Jesus chose not to do it. And then I'm going to read a passage in Matthew 12 if you want to find that place. So let's say God had given... Let's not use me as an example. Okay, let's use Anthony as an example. Let's say God had given Anthony this powerful, powerful gift of healing where 100% of the people that he prayed for were healed. 100% didn't matter what it was. Didn't matter how big or dark or little or a ingrown, you know, toenail or a, you know, it didn't matter. Whatever it was. So let's say Anthony, you know, realizing this gift, you know, he goes to Mile High Stadium. He finds the first person in a wheelchair. Says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And they get up. And since he's already there in the in the section that has wheelchairs, he goes to the next person. Would you like to be healed by Jesus Christ? Yes, I would. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. They get up. Then he turns to the crowd and says, Anyone have cancer? Anyone have a toothache? Anyone have anything in between? Forget the game lineup. I'm going to pray for you. God's going to heal you. And then the crowd just starts seeing people, person after person, get healed. And next thing you know, no one's watching the game. But everyone is focusing on Jesus. If I was doing it, that might be a way that I would think is pretty dang cool. And that might be a way I would do it. A stadium and a worldwide audience seeing miracles, coming and getting healed, and everyone seeing That was not Jesus' method. And he could have done it. He could have done exactly that. His method was men. Why? You guys, when we're talking about growing the kingdom, when we're talking about solidifying, a building a foundation, solidifying a foundation, raising up men, raising up people, women, that will that will be a part of a work that will outlast themselves. The, his strategy was to pour into men who would pour into men. When I say men, men and women, guys, people. Who would pour into men, who would pour into men, who would pour into men, who would pour into men. Where 2,000 years later, we're still gathered together right now all over the world for the sole purpose of lifting high the name of Jesus Christ. Here's what Matthew 12, 38 and 39 says. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But Jesus answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And then he goes on to talk about the sign of the prophet Jonah that, that he spent three days in the belly of a well, got yacked up, and then disgruntled, you know, he he was disgruntled and, and not real enthusiastic, went and delivered a warning. But but the whole three days in the belly and then coming out, that was the sign of Jonah. He's like, that's the only sign you're going to see from me. Is I'm going to be in a tomb three days and then I'm going to emerge victorious. 
What's funny is they asked for a sign. He told them what sign he would give them, and then they didn't believe even when they heard about it. Why? Because he says an evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign. Friends, if all those people at Mile High Stadium got healed on that on that instance, that scenario that I threw out there, that wouldn't be enough. They'd forget at some point. The thrill of the miracle would grow numb at some point. Heck, the children of Israel forgot the parting of the Red Sea, guys. Started grumbling, asking for leeks, onions. I miss flavor. I miss a little flavor. The food you provide me, Lord, it ain't flavorful enough. I need some Cajun spice. That's what they were doing. Oh, oh, you're providing my food not tasty enough. Totally forgot the parting of the Red Sea. Totally forgot the deliverance from slavery and bondage. Totally forgot that they don't have any chains on their wrists anymore. They totally forgot. We're a people who will totally forget if it's just a one and done thing. And Jesus' plan was men to walk it out and to represent him and to touch. His method was men. His method was mankind. Next week, in talking about discipleship, we're going to talk about the importance of connection and selection. The week after that, we're going to talk about the importance of relationship in discipleship. Connecting with people. That's his plan. Jesus knows people. Jesus knows people. God knows people. He knows the heart of man, and he knows what we need. So when it comes to discipleship, guys, I'm sure there's incredible programs out there. But we're just going to follow what Jesus did. If I'm being totally honest, and if we're being totally honest, the theme of discipleship is daunting and intimidating. It kind of is. Because the very nature of discipleship says you just can't stand there and just receive. You've got to give too. You can't just sit there and take it all in. We can't make this about us. We can for a season, but after a while, then we're going to have to point people to Jesus and go beyond comfort zones. Discipleship is about making time for people. That's what Jesus did. He invited them. Come with me. Walk with me. Eat with me. Hang out with me. Go on these journeys with me. Go on these ministry trips with me. That's discipleship. But it includes time. Being together. And then talking about it. Jesus, that was so cool what you did. Can you describe what you did? Absolutely. Da-da-da. Men were his method, not miracles. Although he performed miracles. Men were his method of discipleship. Jesus came to build a kingdom that would last. Jesus came to build a church on the shoulders of doers. Do you realize that? He built 
his kingdom on the shoulders of men and women who would, who would do, who were doers. Not just hearer of the words, of the word, but doers of the word. Jesus came to build a church in the hearts of those who would be faithful. Jesus came to build his church through the lives of those who wouldn't be shaken when the storms come. Do you realize that? His church is advanced by the faithful lives of men and women who won't be shaken when the storms come. Matthew seven twenty four, and this is my last verse for the day. Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, who hears them and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who's the rock? It's not a trick question, I promise you. Who's the rock? Jesus, okay? A wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Why why would we build a house on the sand? I don't know if I understand the full implications of this, but I will say this. It's easier. It's easier to build a house on the sand. It's harder to build it on that rock. Those who heard the words and didn't do them were like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it and it got washed away and no one ever saw it again. I added that last part about not. And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowd were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority. Discipleship is a very foundational work, founded you know, on the rock of Jesus Christ. Our method, our mission, and our means will be the same as Jesus Christ, friends. We're not going to introduce anything new. We're not going to introduce anything new outside of Jesus Christ. Our method will be men and women who want to be disciples, who want to be discipled, and who are willing to disciple others. So I want to throw this out there. Almost the majority of this room right now is more prepared, more equipped, and more ready to be a disciple and to make a disciple than any of the disciples were. That's the truth. You've heard more scripture than Peter. You've experienced more things of the Lord than Nathaniel. Andrew, awesome guy, said yes and followed Jesus, but you are more equipped. You are. Don't disqualify yourselves. I really think the huge majority of people in this room are are ready to make disciples right now. But I want to say this. Let's focus on following Jesus first. 
So here's what I want you to ask yourself. Right now where you're at, do you need to be discipled or are you ready to disciple someone else? If, if, if you answer the first one, you need to be discipled, then we want to get you discipled and it's going to start in this series. This is all going to be valuable. But if you say, hey, I, I'm ready to disciple others, that doesn't mean you're on an island. It's like, go get them, champ. We're still going to pour into you and equip you. But there's a work that needs to be done. Ask you guys this. Would you ask yourself this question? Is this worth doing? Is it worth doing? Is it is it worth the work, the faithfulness, the commitment? Is it worth the the growing pains or flat out pain pain? Let's let's have let's let this series be really interactive. I really want dialogue. So I'm not just asking a rhetorical question. I really want feedback. I really want dialogue. I I want to know the place you're at. We want to know the place you're at. Andy's in China right now. And he doesn't want to know right now because he's asleep right now. He's in China. But he wants to know. We want to know where you're at. Because we're doing this together, guys.